1: what is up everybody welcome to another week of drive for show dfs for Doe here on roto grinders happy to be with you as always and it's players championship week so certainly a fun week on the golf docket ahead of us and we'll break it down here for you over the next 45 minutes or so we'll do our weekly snake draft at the end of the show as well i am justin van zuden joined by mr Derek farnsworth aka notorious and uh, last week, you know, I think we had some pretty good calls last week, some good dark horses. Uh, my Ryan Fox bet that you laughed at on the air. He was only one <laughs> shot away from that top 10 hitting uh, after a really good Sunday. But lots of movements on the leaderboard there on Sunday. Uh, you had a lot of big names at the top. Hatton, uh, Jason Day, Spieth, Cantley, Rory, all in the top 10. Uh, and then Kurt Kitayama pulls it out with a bogey-free back nine and a clutch putt there on Seventeen, So impressive stuff from Kitty Yama to stay up at the top of the leaderboard there on Sunday. And uh, he took home the victory at nine under par. Of course, maybe didn't play quite as difficult as everyone expected. They didn't uh, they didn't, you know, get too devilish with the pins. Uh, But a pretty fun event there last week at the Arnold Palmer.
2: Yeah, what a Sunday. Uh, Bay Hill always delivers in the final round. Uh, It just seemed like anyone that got to the very top of the leaderboard just immediately crumbled. Uh, at one point, you know, he thought it was going to be Speed, and then he thought it was going to be Rory, and then it looked like Hatton was going to pull away. And then Kiriyama, you know, I, everyone was just kind of waiting for him to to fall apart. He three putts 16, so you didn't think he had much of a chance. And and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Harris English pops up and, uh, and has two putts to get to to nine under on 17 and 18. So man, uh, it was a fun Sunday. Uh, we had some good calls last week. I was uh, you know happy with your Fox call. Davis Riley uh, was my favorite cheapie. He ended up finishing t8 after a pretty good sunday and then uh we both wanted you know uh rory over rom uh, which ended up being the right call and man i don't it know it looked if like were... the right
1: call on thursday but ended up being the right call
2: yeah i don't know if you were around on thursday but entire golf twitter was just oh john rom's ruining golf betting this tournament's over yada 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 um let at least give it a couple of days before you start <laughs> saying the tournament's over but uh yeah i had a blast watching it um and I had a question for you. Do you think these new elevated events are kind of ruining the appeal of the players? Because in previous years, you know, this was a, an event that we geared up for uh, for months and now it just kind of feels like just another event.
1: Well, you know, I think part of that's just because of all the guys that are gone. I, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, we had almost everybody play last week too. So the field is largely similar. Um, I, I don't really know the answer to that question. Like, I agree. I I think it's, you know, it's part of it is, uh, is the elevated events and that we've got maybe more tournaments that all the elite guys are participating in. But uh, I don't know. I I still think that there's some extra appeal this week, given the the venue and all that, but maybe not quite as much as, you know, previous years. I don't, I mean, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's as extreme as, as maybe you do, I guess.
2: Yeah, it just seems like, uh, I don't know, the Waste Management felt like a major week, and then you kind of got... Well, it always
1: does, because there's like eight horrible <laughs> events right before it.
2: Yeah, but then we, we got four elevated events in the last, what, five weeks? Um, we've seen all these guys, you know, usually we like the majors in the in the big tournaments just because it's the best players, but uh, just had, wanted to get your thoughts on that. I'm definitely excited for the week, no doubt about that. Love the course, I've played here before, shot like 130, something like that, so... Uh, yeah, first-hand knowledge of what not to do at TBC Sawgrass.
1: Uh, don't hit it in the water, right? That's the uh, that's the first goal. Don't hit it in the water there <laughs> on the uh, EFR3. Oh, yeah, but, so uh, Mr.
2: Gurk, he wants uh, our opinion on the, the no-cut elevated events for next year. I
1: what mean, I I, I I we both are on the same page with the no-cut events. Like, we don't really like them in general. Um, and aren't these going to be, like, how many people are going to be in these? I forget
2: uh 78 i think so i mean it's just
1: like all those you know some of those fall swing events that we used to have over in asia and stuff i i can leave those i just i don't know like there's something with having a cut and that makes the dfs angle a little bit more interesting the tournament as a whole a little bit more interesting uh something to sweat you know during the first couple rounds i I mean it, it just these You know, massive purses for the players. Like the fans don't care about that. Just look at the ratings from the live tour events so far. Like nobody's watching those. Who cares? You know, if a guy gets six million dollars if he wins the tournament, good for him. Doesn't change your life. You know, sitting on the couch watching it. So, you know, I just the extra prestige of the, the the prize pool and all that. You know, it doesn't grab me at all.
2: Yeah, it's bad for the DFS crowd, bad for the betting crowd, ruins the first two days sweat. Uh, But hey, they're catering to the sponsors and they're catering to the players that one of the biggest complaints is that, you know, if they don't make the cut, they don't get any money, Uh, which I think is actually, you know, a cool aspect of golf. Uh, Professional golf is not like any of the other sports where you're guaranteed a salary. But uh, yeah, so I guess they're just listening to their players. I think it'll be fine. I think we'll still have some good events, but uh, hopefully they bring back the cut in some form, even if they wanted to do, you know, say a hundred golfers and make the cut top 50 or something like that. I think, uh, I think it would be better at least for, uh, for us.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I think you, you know, the, there's a way to, you know, maybe make it a little bit of a hybrid thing, but whether they're going to do that, you know, in the long run, who knows, but, I think ratings will will certainly have a lot to do with that. But uh, anyway, other takeaways from last week. I don't want to spend too much time on it, I guess, since we've got uh, a big tournament here to get to. But um, anything else that uh, that st- stood out to you?
2: Yes, but uh, real quick, shout out to the commish. He says uh, he's been watching and watching for years. Uh, first time able to to join live, so he's going to try to hop in the next. Nice. So, uh, yeah, maybe hop in. <laughs> it's going to fill pretty quickly. Uh, people have just been sitting in it. But, uh, yeah, so hop in if you can. Uh, thanks for joining us live. But uh, as far as other takeaways, hated hey, uh, did you see the speed drop on, I think it was Saturday? No, I did not. Doug Hooks is uh tee shot. It hits off the out-of-bounds fence, so he got saved by that or else it would have been out-of-bounds. Then he would have had to hit it left-handed. So he lines up left-handed and his heels on the car path so he gets a free drop from the left-handed swing and then he gets to hit it right-handed. Uh, 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 and this happened to DJ um when he was playing against Rory in Mexico a few years ago. He was behind a tree, went to hit it left-handed, was stepping on the car path. So he, he did the same thing, but uh it feels like if you get a drop like that, you should have to be forced to play the still same. Have to hit way. it
1: left-handed. Like I it's <laughs>
2: If your friends tried to do that when you're out on the course, you'd be like, "No, you're not getting a free drop because your foot's on the cart path." Uh,
1: I just uh, throw the ball in the fairway.
2: Yeah, uh, he, that's pretty much what Speed was able to do. Yeah, he's <laughs> uh, he's playing these amateur rules. But I mean, we saw it with Kirk the week before. Um, I, I obviously had Kirk, so I was I was rooting for it. He got like a 40 yard free drop from the grandstands. So he got a great angle into the green on 18th for his chip. So I don't know. Some of these drops have been pretty bad. Rom hit it. 200 yards left into some truck he got a free drop out of. Anyway, um, other guys. Uh, Molinari, top 15 for the first time in a while. Um, Jason Day just continues to crush. We're going to talk about him some more, I have a feeling. And uh, Terrell Hatton, uh, anytime he's in the mix on a Sunday, it's great. Uh, He just is uh, is great for camera because he is never happy with anything. Uh, Even if the ball goes in the hole, you think uh, he's bad at something
1: and just about as mad as me with this new like right this new leaderboard page it's horrible right am i the only one that this oh no there's i have to expand every player to see the shot by shot data i can't have it all on one screen anymore how is this good
2: and if you're on the mobile site it doesn't update automatically you have to refresh the site and then click into it or else you're going to see old shots it's the worst it's the worst
1: i don't understand how it's a benefit. I mean, uh, you can't the see the stats. Thing works fine, but...
2: Like the stats take an extra few clicks. You can't see where they are on the by the green unless you hit Torcast. and then
1: it's just awful. It's it's horrible. I, I do not understand how this is better, uh, but hey, we've got the live odds on the screen on the screen, so that's uh you know that's good. But uh, I don't know. In any case, I can't get distracted by that again. That was the rant from a couple weeks ago. Let's start talking about the players, and you know part of what you mentioned earlier. Um, is that maybe some of the appeal is, is lost just a little bit because, frankly, we can probably just replay last week's conversation and here we are because it's like the same field, uh, which is weird. It's you know the same guys at the top, basically in the same order that they were last week. Uh, so yeah, maybe we can change the course history discussion a little bit, but uh, uh it's just going to be a little bit wonky there. But uh, first things first. You've played the course, so uh, why don't you talk about TBC Sawgrass a little bit?
2: Yeah, so like most Florida courses, it is going to be, uh, you know, trouble lurking everywhere. I think water's in play on 17 of the 18 holes. Obviously, have the famous 17th green. Um, that's an island, and that's going to be really fun, especially if the wind picks up. Uh, a couple rounds last year, we had guys hitting like five and six irons into a 130-yard uh, hole because of the wind. So uh, that was kind of fun to see the pros. Uh, They obviously didn't like it one bit, Um, but it's in Jacksonville. It's a par 72, only 7,275 yards. So one of the shorter par 72s that you're going to see on the PGA Tour. Pete Dye design, if you do want to go with that angle, um, you can definitely look at some of the the course comps from Pete Dye. And similar to most of his designs, you can't really overpower it off the tee. So accuracy is going to be more important than distance, but... I would like uh, total driving. Um iron play is going to be key. The greens here are really small. Um and they they're very fast. Uh very fast Bermuda greens. And pretty much the same that we've said the last couple of weeks. You want to be solid all around. You want to be good with your irons. You want to have experience in Florida. And this is the sixth most predictive course in terms of course history on the PJ Tour that they play regularly. So it doesn't hurt to have some experience here. Even though you're going to see a lot of uh Volatile course history, just given the fact that there's so much water in play, you're gonna have a lot of the big names miss the cut. That's just gonna, that's kind of how it works at this event.
1: Yeah, always uh, some tilt involved for sure. When you see that eight pop up uh, or nine in the Russell Knox case from uh, a long time ago, but uh, there is gonna be some volatility with this event. There will be some big names miss the cut. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can maybe take a stand against some of the higher own guys if you want to play that angle a little bit. So, uh, starting at the, and I totally agree on the, you know, accuracy, generally more important than distance here. Uh, if you can keep it in the fairway and avoid those hazards, that's a tremendous benefit on this course. So, uh, with you on the ball, striking total driving angle, uh, with, uh, with my own picks as well. All right, let's start at the top. So it's Rom versus Rory again this week and Scheffler third in the mix. And then the next kind of couple guys after Shoffley, Homa, Cantley, same guys we saw last week. Uh, so same discussion that we had last week. But what's <laughs> interesting is, you know, our early ownership here has uh, Rom about half the ownership of Rory after last week, obviously Rory almost won. Rom fell off after the first round and now that ownership has flipped. So does that change the way maybe you want to approach the uh, the top guys this week?
2: Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't looked at ownership just yet, so I'll have to pull that up. Um, while we're talking, I mean, on in a vacuum, I definitely prefer Rory just because he's coming off of the big week. Uh, we saw Rom lost nearly seven strokes off the tee, so something's going on with his driver right now. You never see him uh, drive the ball poorly. Everything else was pretty solid last week, but uh, definitely had some trouble with the driver. And then Rory gained across the board, you know, obviously nearly got into the playoff last week. He's won here before in 2019 and uh, plays a lot more in Florida than ROM usually does. So in a vacuum, I do like Rory a little bit more, but at half the ownership, um, I certainly don't mind taking some ROM as well. Um, What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think ROM becomes really, really interesting. If that ownership holds Uh, you know, I'll, I'll forgive one week, uh, with though those off the T numbers are really, we're really bad. Um, you know, uh, if he's going to be half as owned as Rory uh, and, and I've been on the Rory over Rom bandwagon for basically the whole winter here. So uh, don't mind it. We'll keep an eye on that ownership for sure. Otherwise I'm with you. I think in a vacuum, Rory would be my pick, uh, but definitely some GPP exposure to ROM uh, if those ownership numbers hold. Uh, and then, you know, again, going down, the, it's interesting. The next set of guys, uh, don't have a whole lot of history, strong history here. Shoffley's missed the cut three straight times. Uh, Cantley's missed the cut three straight times. Morikawa has a 41st and a missed cut. Finau's missed the cut the last two years here. So as we mentioned, a little bit of carnage here sometimes. Spieth, miss cut, 41st, miss cut, 48th, miss cut the last five years. Uh, so really the only guy with decent course history in this kind of top 8k and 9k bundle is justin thomas who is five for five the last five years with one victory uh but i mean we just throwing all this out with the unpredictable nature of the course you mentioned one of the least predictive do we skip the 9k range and make sure we get one of Ram or rory uh what do we do with this kind of next tier of six or eight golfers with bad course history for the most part
2: no, so it's actually one of the most predictive, the sixth most predictive. Even oh, though, sorry.
1: I thought you said sixth least. No, even that though. it surprises me with the with yeah. all the water balls and stuff.
2: Yeah, surprised me too. Uh, even more predictive than last week. I think last week was seventh, uh, and this was sixth in terms of the, the courses that they play regularly. But, uh, yeah, so JT is going to be very popular. Um, he should have had a lot better week last week. I think he lost four and a half strokes putting on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, last week at the at the API but otherwise very good in Florida Uh, he's won here he's won the Honda so I do like JT I like Max Homa quite a bit Uh, 9900 he gained 11.1 strokes ball striking last week we saw him play well during the west coast swing he was t13 here last year kind of feels like he's gonna win a big event this year Uh, and this could be one of them so I really like Homa at 9900 I don't have a strong take on Zander and Camay. You mentioned their, their bad course history for whatever reason. Um, and I would kind of throw out last year's results. Cause half the guys were in that terrible draw. Um, I don't know if you remember, but they were supposed yeah, to be on I,
1: the. Yep. Yep. I remember yeah. this.
2: They were supposed to be on the good side of the draw. Yes. And then it got delayed and then they ended up being on the bad side of the draw. Um, so yeah, those guys, it was something like 68% of the cut came from the, the, the good side, but um, that made the cut. But anyway, I like Sung I always like Sung in Florida. And then Finau, I was looking at his numbers. He's gained 27 strokes on approach in his last seven. This got to be the best he's ever hit his irons. He consistently gains around the green. Uh, he's turned into a really good putter. So even though he doesn't have the course history that I'm looking for, he's probably my favorite of the bad course history guys.
1: Yeah, I like him. That's what I was going to throw out there, that he was my favorite kind of of that. Uh, group of bad course history guys I'm kind of willing to throw it out with Cantlay as well like last year was wonky two miscuts cuts prior to that but he had a pair of top 25s uh, before that so uh, obviously should have some confidence after playing well last week so Cantlay and Finau I think are my two favorite uh, golfers uh, if we factor in you know kind of projected ownership uh, we do have Cantlay up there with JT kind of in the 20s right now we'll see where that trends but um, you know, I, I think these guys are interesting, especially if they end up being a little bit lower owned. Uh, Sungjae not grading out quite as well in our roto grinders projections, but I think he's fine as well. But I think Finao and, uh, and and Can't Layer probably the two guys I am the most interested in here. Any other thoughts on those guys for you?
2: No, uh, yeah, pretty much agree. Don't know what to do with Morikawa. This seems like the perfect course fit and. We've seen him play really bad when it's been really windy, and it doesn't look like that's going to be a big issue, at least right now. If we're looking at the forecast, so maybe Morikawa uh, get back on him this week at low ownership. Looks like he's going to be the lowest owned of anyone not named Rom above nine k. So I think
1: that's kind of interesting. Did you finally get? Did you get him right a couple weeks ago, or did well, did you I'm, get him wrong again? I remember you took batting. a stand on him for a couple weeks in a row.
2: Yeah, I think he. I don't know. I'm batting like. One of, I remember one the of one 100. week
1: you took a stand on him, and then he did not play well. Uh, and then the other week you, you were going back to the well, and I can't remember. I, I can't remember how all that shook out, but uh, we'll Usually see. Bad. Right? Usually bad. <laughs> get on the get up back on the right side of the Morikawa train. I don't have a strong take on him this week. Um, I, I can take it or leave it. There's enough other options in the range that uh, I'll probably be a little bit underweight. All right, as we move into the 8K range, uh, we've got Hoblin. We've got Zalatoris, uh, who's finished 21st and 26th in his two trips here. Uh, Speeth, who knows, after last week's kind of uh, uh, up and down finish, uh, maybe a little bit dejected after not being able to pull that out. But you got Fitzpatrick, Cam Young. Uh, no great course history to speak of in this group either. Hatton. Uh obviously 13th last year, but three missed cuts prior to that. Uh just really, really weird. And we got Shane Lowry at 8200 Um, Jason Day down at 8k. I presume you'll just continue to ride that train because it's been profitable for basically six months on uh, non-stop here. But uh, what do you think about the eight ks
2: Yeah, not to uh spoil our, our premium PGA product, but uh Jason Day core play. Um, even at this ownership. I think if they redid the salaries, I think they, you know, they came out a week or two ago. Um, if they would have redone them today, I think he would have been in the high eights. Uh, if you look at his Vegas odds, it's yeah. similar to that of Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick and Sungjae. So uh, I do like him. He's won here before. You mentioned four straight top tens, eight top twenty-fives in his last uh, nine starts, or sorry, ten in his last eleven starts, top twenty-five. So the dude's just on fire right now. I like Zalatoris as well. I think uh, his T-53 last week was is going to be great news for his ownership. doesn't look like he's going to be too popular. And if you look at his stats, they were pretty solid. He gained 5.6 strokes ball striking, lost it all with the putter and around the green. That's kind of what you're going to get with Zalatoris every once in a while. So those two are going to be my favorites. I think Tom Kim's really interesting. I think he's the perfect course fit for him. We talk about fairways, one of the most accurate drivers of the ball, of the elites at least. And then uh, very good with his irons. So I like Kim don't mind fitzpatrick not gonna play any speed um yeah and that's pretty much it for me do you have any other guys you want to bring up
1: no i, I like the tom kim call uh percent ownership on him right now i think is interesting um uh hatton obviously after a strong week and uh, again another course that should suit his game nicely uh, but I think I'll be underweight a little bit on this group. I, I just think, you know, I'd rather maybe get up to another, you know, a Finao or a Sungjae for just a few hundred dollars more than, than playing a lot of these guys in the eight K's. Not a real strong take. Um, I like Zalatoris as well. Uh, obviously you've, uh, you know, he is a guy that we talk about always playing well on harder courses. While this isn't necessarily the hardest or the easiest out there. Uh, it's certainly a challenging one and one that makes you think and, and, and you know, and, and use your head around the course and, Uh, Those are the types of tracks where he does well grades out well in the projection. So uh, this is a course at uh, at not super extreme ownership where I will gladly go back to Zalatoris. So, uh, and day right now, we've got projected as basically the highest owned guy in the field. So uh, certainly no qualms with that, the way he's been playing, I'm not going to keep beating that drum on uh, fading Jason day because it hasn't worked uh, basically, you know, since, uh, since last year. So uh, kudos to to everyone who, like Noto, has uh, ridden that train to the top.
2: Credit to uh, Andrew Sable in the chat. Uh, this little nugget: Tom Kim does have uh, Joe Scavone on the bag, which was uh, Ricky Fowler's old caddy, and uh, you know Ricky obviously won here before, so maybe that will help the lack of uh, course history for Tom Kim.
1: I think it's certainly uh, you know, especially on this course. Um something that has value, you know, that uh having somebody with that knowledge of the course that can help guide you around on uh, on a difficult track. I, I think that's you know, maybe something that some people won't put any stock into, but I, I think there's uh, there's some value there.
2: Yeah. I did too. Uh Jeff's asking if we're doing a snake draft. Yes. Uh is the sky blue? Um, yes. So we are did doing, i still
1: uh, not cash again last week yes i did not so uh, hey uh
2: still... somebody actually devin took down third place uh and yeah dan did not cash
1: dan, dan didn't i've always thought that guy was overrated <laughs> He's um, not we, I was uh asking in the chat <laughs> oh no Where's dan? Oh, we better do it now we better get it now before he gets here um okay k's uh we've got uh kirk continues to... chris kirk is just uh you know, a guy that uh, just isn't going to let you down ever, it seems like. Kind of like the, the poor man's Jason Day. But 39th last week, uh, nothing special, I guess, based on the way he's been playing. But uh, it's been a solid winter uh, for him as well. Uh, we've got some of the same names as last week in this mix. We've got Burns, Rose, Scott, Horschel, a lot of the veterans in here. Keegan Bradley. Uh, again, these are you know prices were released about a week ago, as Nodo just mentioned. Keegan Bradley would probably be significantly more expensive if the pricing was released today. Fowler, Connors, like you're going to see some ownership here on these guys, but Keegan clearly going to be the chalk of the 7K range. Uh, what are you doing in here?
2: Yeah, uh, the pricing is a little interesting. We only have nine guys between 76 and 79, and then between 7,000 and 7,400, there's a ton of guys. So I don't think that's usually the case, but uh, I like Tommy Fleetwood at 7,900. Didn't play great last week. It was T61. But if you look at the numbers, he gained 4.4 T to green. Just couldn't putt. Uh, lost five strokes putting. He's usually a pretty good putter. So I like going back to him. Uh, I like Siwoo Kim a little bit. Anytime you get him on Pete Dye tracks, I think he makes some sense. He's been playing better golf recently. You mentioned the underpriced guys, Keegan Bradley, Corey Connors. This is a ball striking course, and they are very good ball strikers. And they're both coming off of uh, really good weeks. So they're going to be popular but I do like them quite a bit. I think Keith Mitchell is going to be popular as well. Um, everybody's been playing him every week and he has yet to let us down. So um, it's hard to see people going away from him. Uh, I'll go back to Ricky because I always go back to Ricky. Um, I had him in a, in a top 40 parlay last week and it was looking good. And then he bogeyed like six holes in a row. And then Birdie, three of his last, like six, to get back inside the top 40s.
1: So, oh man, big the fan sweat of But it's real.
2: Yeah. Uh, I thought Dan jinxed me because he wrote it in our uh, SAO channel on Discord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you're going to cash. And then all of a sudden, Ricky fell apart. So, uh, thanks for not jinxing it, Dan. Mm-hmm. But anyway, anyway, any other guys you like here? I do like Chris Kirk. I think that's an interesting call. 8% ownership, definitely
1: enticing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, dude never, never plays bad, it seems like, anymore. Like, Keegan is the clear chalk. I think you got to play him. If you're playing cash games, you know, some combination of Mitchell Connors, Keegan, Uh, you're going to see a lot of lineups that end up with two of these guys. Um, But I I think Kirk is interesting. Uh, I I think Adam Scott is semi interesting for, for GPPs, but uh, you can kind of go with some of the, the lower owned guys in this range because so much of the ownership is going uh, to Keegan, to Fowler, to Connors, like, you know, 2% Harmon or 2% Henley, or I'm not saying I've got super conviction on any single singular one of these guys, but basically a lot of these other names in the 7k to 7,400 range uh, are basically going unowned and guys that we've seen upside from before, like Adam Hadwin or Aaron wise. And, you know, maybe they've been a little bit more inconsistent lately than Fowler or or Keegan or Connors, but uh, on you know, with a lot of water hazards on the course and, and almost no ownership going to those guys. Like, I think you can sprinkle some of them into, into your tournament builds uh, for sure, just uh, out of the, you know, 2 to 4% ownership with some upside.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I do like – oh, actually, can I get some credit for saying not to play Harmon last week? He was, like, dead last.
1: Wow, 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 wow. That's right. You are the Harmon whisperer. <laughs> He's the anti Alan Morikawa
2: and uh, I'm not playing him again this week. He's lost strokes on approach in six straight. He's lost around the green in four straight. Those are All right, some yeah. uh, discouraging. Those aren't Brian Harmon numbers. Like Those it's not yeah. like
1: he's hitting. It's not like he's hitting at 350 off the tee. So <laughs> if the other numbers aren't there, it's not going to be good for him.
2: Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, cheaper guys. I like Adam Hadwin quite a bit at 7100. Missed cut last week, but it was just a cold putter. He's actually played really well here in the past. Tends to play these shorter courses uh, really well. And uh, pretty good splits on Pete Dye as well. I like Matt Kuchar a little bit of 1%. Um, he's been playing a little bit better recently. Substrack is a guy that I like to look at in tournaments. He's a uh, very hit or miss. But he does uh, tend to you know contend every once in a while. And uh, my fate of the week is going to be Harris English at 7,000. He's going to be double-digit ownership. That is uh, a okay with me. Look, played great last week, but he's missed six straight cuts here. I'm I'm fine fading him. What about you?
1: Yeah, I, I'm fine fading him as well. Like that's an easy one for me. So we're on the same page there. Uh, he'll be the predictor for me to uh, to maybe fall down the the snake draft uh, leader or the uh, uh, compared to their drafted versus their pre-rankings uh, when we get there. We'll see. Uh, how that ends up going but uh i'll, I'll take
2: billy Horshaw
1: <laughs> though i guess uh um, you know maybe english is far enough down where uh that's not gonna matter there's just so many names right around 7k so i, I don't know how they'll have all those guys sorted uh, when we get to the the draft but yeah 11 ownership that's a no thanks for me as well like i think i'd even go to somebody like uh vegas or or, or kitty yama again even coming off a win Uh, Before I go with uh, with English there or my boy, Ryan Fox, Uh, I am definitely going back to that well this week. So uh, it's uh, three percent ownership there at sixty seven hundred. But uh, again, maybe some names you can consider as punts this week and, you know, really outside of English uh, under seventy two hundred. There's almost nobody with any notable ownership.
2: Yeah, I like uh, I like the Vegas call quite a bit. Tends to play well in Florida. Tends to play well on Pete Dye courses. And I think he's gained off the tee and on approach in nine straight. So those are uh, definitely some interesting numbers. Justin Suss has been playing well during the Florida stretch. And uh, got to go back to Davis Riley at 6,500. He does look like he's going to be popular 9%. That's not great. So I guess I might have to rethink that one. Um, what about Webb? Did you see Webb low round of the day on Sunday?
1: I, you, I, like the, I like the low Sunday round as much as anybody, but I am not doing that.
2: Former winner.
1: I got to see it. We got to see a little more first. No, no yeah. That's a no for me.
2: I agree. Um, I'm going to ask about Tigala. Do you have a take on Tigala?
1: I don't mind him in GPPs. Yeah, he tends to be a little hit or miss. Missed the cut last year horribly, so uh, probably not my first choice.
2: Yeah, I, I said to I fit him last week because so I was worried about his – you know accuracy <laughs> off the tee and played well once again, so I don't know what to do there, but uh, I'd still worry about his accuracy <clears> a little bit. If you're looking for a low on guy, Danny Willett at two percent, I like that three straight fives, <inaudible> playing well, likes Florida, likes the wind. He's probably the cheapest that I would go.
1: And he is where's he at? What's his price?
2: 6400 Okay, I
1: hadn't scrolled down far enough. Yeah, there's really nobody else down there. Uh, that, uh, that grabs me Riley at 65, he'll get, he'll get probably the most steam. I think after last week of anybody, uh, below seven K, uh, outside of web, I'd take Riley over web. If you want to ride the, uh, week, uh, one week rebound there. So uh, give me the, uh, Riley over web in terms of if you're going punting down at, uh, at that level. So, Uh, Anybody else in terms of golfers before we get ready to fire up our snake draft and send off the podcast listeners?
2: Uh, I think we're good. Um, Jeff in the chat did mention, yeah, three shot difference between the waves last year. So, yeah, if you're looking at course history last year, maybe maybe do it with a grain of salt because a lot of the guys were on the, the wrong side
1: of that one. All right. Uh, If you're listening on the podcast feed, thank you so much. Appreciate you checking us out every week. If you don't want to hear some dead air and talk about the snake draft as we do that live, uh, feel free to uh, exit and uh, we'll catch you again next week. So thanks as always for listening.